Welcome to Dating Log, the podcast that records the ups and downs of dating in your 30s. I'm your host, Wyndon Juno. This is episode five, Popeyes, Perfume, and Parenting. My next guest is not defined by her career or by her motherhood. In fact, she offered up a totally new perspective as to what dating is and who dating is for. She talks openly about therapy and relationships, which was great for me and hopefully for you. Shout out to the Juno family. Here's my aunt, Danielle. I am Danielle Juno, and I am your aunt, Wyndham, which I think for anyone who's listening, they're going to think this is a really strange relationship these two women have because we're, what, three or four years apart? Yeah, just a few. Yeah, so it it is strange. Um and it's always been kind of a confusing dynamic explaining to my friends. Like I have this niece that I'm really close with, um, not just in age, but like emotionally and, you know, talking about things that have happened in our family and whatnot that I have a good connection with. And they're like, but you're her aunt? And it just doesn't seem to translate. So, yeah, I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, I've lived all across the United States. I have not traveled as internationally as you have. I've gone to Mexico but I have dated in probably the major four corners and cities and the Midwest of the United States. So I have a little bit of experience. So how, I mean, I know this, but our listeners don't. Can you let us know how dating is going for you? Oh, it's a long story. Um, I have realized or come to the realization at the age of 38 years old that I have a pattern of doing two things. One, and I know that this is a a big buzzword right now, I don't know how much of a buzzword it is internationally, but in the United States right now, we were really big on gaslighting a couple of years ago. It's shifted now to narcissism. I do have a tendency to attract people who have narcissistic traits because I am the type of person who wants so badly to be loved. I just, I have this like preconceived idea of what love is and what it should look like. Mm -hmm. And much with a lot of the things that we're learning as adults in our generation, it's all coming from our childhood. It's all coming from wounds that are coming through their um, different traumatic experiences that we've had. I just have this like really deep seated need to be loved and in a Mm -hmm. warm and like caring and compassionate and showing up for way. So in that, I have this tendency to say, okay, well, in the past, I haven't gotten this from people, so there must be something wrong with me, not there's something wrong with them, or we're not compatible, or they have their own shit going on. It's just immediately like, oh, it's something wrong with me. I have to try harder. I have to do something different. I have to be better. I have to look like this. I have to act like this. I have to talk like this. I have to be successful here. I have to be less successful here. I have to know how to do this and not know how to do this. So it's just like creating this complex web where it's like I am dating people who will never be satisfied with who I am as a person because they're not satisfied with who with who they are internally. While I Mm. am trying to say, okay, this person, once they are satisfied with me, it's because I have done the right performative task, whatever that is. I have been someone or looked a certain way or done something in order to earn their love. I I am perfect for them now. 
Um, so for me, dating has been difficult because I am just now coming to this realization. I've just kind of woken up to this. I've always known things from my childhood. I've known things from past partners, but really like putting this together and, and naming it and having a word for it and having like kind of a constructive foundation where I can say, oh, every time that I test this theory, it's coming back positive. And it's not just being tested by me saying, well, I think I'm just dating all people who are narcissists and I'm just constantly surrounded by narcissists. It's working with multiple therapists who have said, we keep coming back to this. And then another therapist will say, we keep coming back to this. I'm like, oh, that's weird. My other therapist says that. And then I'll have a third therapist. (laughs) And they're like, well, we keep coming back to this. I'm like, what? are you guys all talking to each other? Is this a weird conspiracy theory? It's no longer a conspiracy theory. It's like, oh, okay, this is an actual reality for me. So dating right now, I have rebaselined, And I think that you and I have talked about this. You have been my friend, my confidant, my niece, this person who has been very heavily invested in my life and my happiness and well-being. So you've kind of seen me like, evolve over the past few years as far as dating goes and now I am like okay I see the whole big picture now I'm looking down at it it makes sense and I know what to do with it at this point okay so is it possible for you to sort of recap because you're at almost at the end of your 30s now and you have two kids and you're living in the midwest Can you recap what, let's say, since your youngest daughter has been born, kind of how that dating has been going for you? Um, Okay, so I, I realized when I was dating when I was younger, I was focused on a relationship. And this came from my childhood where I didn't have really close, warm bonding experience with either of my parents, any of my parents. I have two dads and it's weird, but I I never had that sense of like warmth and stability and nurturing. So when I, when I was defining dating, and it, it just feels bizarre to look back at dating when I was in high school and then after high school and then it just, it's like, this doesn't even make sense at this point. Um, I was like, okay, relationship is the goal. That's it. That is where it ends. I don't have this sense of who I am as a person. I don't have a sense of what things I like and I don't like. I don't even really have a sense of who I am as a person. Um, but I don't really know if we know what, like who we are that young maybe some people do god they're really gifted but even I still am like (laughs) who am I really at the end of the day like what what am I but okay so I think I just need to go back to your question dating in your in your early 20s I say your it should be me for me it was just be in a relationship and then it shifted after Mm -hmm. that because I left my first um baby daddy actually we were married for a while um I left him and then it was still, okay, be in a relationship, but be with someone who doesn't make you feel threatened, who isn't like going to hurt your kids. And now as a 38 year old, Mm -hmm. I've kind of shifted away from the the idea of having another person raise my kids. That's actually a turnoff for me. If people are asking me about my kids, I get really protective of them for some reason. 
And I'm actually like, I don't want you involved in my kids' lives. Like they have a father figure. They have a really good relationship. Let's not focus on that. Let's focus on can you and I tolerate each other? And then if you do want to be involved in my kids' lives, okay, we can we can add that into the mix. But I think a lot of people when they're dating in relationships, they're like, family. You know, I have to have this person in my life to complete this concept of family. Um, and I don't need that. That's not something that I'm looking for. So it's been kind of a roller coaster of evolution. So you're the first person with kids that I'm interviewing. Mm-hmm. How do you keep your dating life separate from, let's say, your parenting life? How do you separate those two things if you have two kids? It It's one of those things that I'm really, this is going to sound kind of, hypocritical in a way, or it doesn't make sense. It's paradoxical. I'm upfront about my kids, but I'm also not putting them first when I'm dating someone else. And that's not even going to come out right. People are going to call CBS. I am not like, (laughs) I'm not promoting my kids as like, this is who I am as a person. I think that being a mom is a small part of who I am. For a lot of people, especially women, it can be their whole identity. I am a mom. This is what I do. I, um, I stay at home. I run the house. This is what I, you know, I do the planning, the logistics, the meals, the cleaning. Being a housewife is completely different than what I am. For me, the first thing that I put out there is I work for the government and this is my role and this is what I do as a person because that's more what I feel tied to as my identity or as really my anchor, whereas my kids are a little bit of a smaller part of my identity. So I will tell someone that I'm dating that I have kids if they ask me. If they don't, I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not going to showcase them. I don't really want to invite people into my life until I know who they are, if they're reliable, if they're Mm -hmm. trustworthy. And I also, I think there's... um, there's just like bad experiences with, with children who are like, I don't know who this person is who keeps coming into my life and then leaving three weeks later because the relationship doesn't work out. You know, if we're presenting our kids so quickly, then we're kind of creating instability for them. And I don't think that that's fair to do. I want to introduce my kids to somebody when it's the right fit for everyone. And it becomes like a triad at that point. Is it right for my kids? Is it right for my partner? Is it right for me? So it has to be like this triangle of, of mutual respect and understanding at that point. And it's not something that when I'm just dating someone, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, you want to come over and meet my kids? No. So but on the flip side, I don't prioritize people that I'm dating over my kids. Um, I'm not going to be like, oh, you want to hang out and go throw axes. I don't know why I keep coming back to this one. Um Instead of wait, wait, did you have an axe throwing date? No, I've never had an axe throwing date. But somebody (laughs) asked me, and I was like, "It just there's something about it that's like, I'm not gonna be able to interact with you. We're drinking alcohol. We're throwing sharp objects. It feels like a weird, dangerous. I I don't know. I don't know who was like, this is this is it, guys. This is peak of what we're doing in dating in 2023. We're throwing axes. I don't know." Let's go to therapy together. You know, that's a good date right there. Let's, <laughs> let's sit on a couch in front of a therapist and talk about what's going on. No. Um, so, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to blow off whatever is going on with my kids to 
to be with someone or to make a relationship work, there has to be a level of flexibility and understanding there where, you know, this is not who I am. This isn't my sole identity, but it is something that I'm doing and I'm trying to not give my kids the same experience that I did because I want to make the world a better place for them, for myself and globally. So how do you find dates when you're looking for people? I heard you mention apps and also comment that they were very sort of topical, you know, we're swiping based on the fact whether we think someone's hot or not, but I also heard you say sites. So can you tell me about what you're using and how you're finding people? So I have really met a lot of the people that I've dated off of, off of Tinder. Um, and I've had some interesting experiences. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like with all things that are social media, it kind of gives people a level of bravado that they wouldn't have face to face where you can catfish a person you can hide behind an identity you can not be transparent about who you are or what your intentions are and likewise i think that it also makes it possible for people to be subjected to some really vile stuff so you can be Mm -hmm. on tinder and talking to a nice person and all of a sudden all they want to do is just fill up your phone with dick pics and you're like well wait a minute here what like this is not that's not something that you would do if we were face to face you wouldn't just pull out your penis and be like well here we are this is it so it's kind of it's kind of interesting um the 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 boldness that it gives people um so i've had some i've had we'll just call them some experiences off of tinder really primarily i've used bumble as well and i like the idea of bumble because i think that it empowers women a little bit more and I think that it was observed as less of a hookup site Mm -hmm. but then for me it became really arduous because some of the people on the site really like took it seriously they wanted to get to know you before they asked you out on a date and you could just sit there and talk to someone for months and months and months before you're like oh we'll actually go out on a date um so I thought that that was kind of strange the bottom of the barrel though for me was Facebook dating oh please tell me about this Oh my gosh, why are you so excited about Facebook dating? Have you not experienced it? No, but somebody else mentioned it and she hadn't tried it either. And my first reaction was, is this for boomers? And you just said it, so please tell us about it. Oh my gosh, it is absolutely bottom of the barrel. And I feel like even though there's only a handful of years between you and I, I feel like you are of the demographic where you're way too young for it. Like I am too young for Facebook dating anyone under 40 don't don't go there and you know what I feel like the people who are really heavily invested in Facebook and being a person or having an identity on Facebook are not the people that you really want to be dating and I can't I'm I don't want to like cast this wide net and say everyone on there is trash but oh my gosh window I'm like it was just the content on there. Everyone on there is trash is what you want to say. They're just like, they're, they're, they're boomers. They really are. And if they're not actual of the boomer generation, they're like of a boomer mentality. I think there's, there's, there's a demographic for, or a core demographic for every social media platform. And maybe if Instagram did dating, that would be more my style. You know, if Instagram had dating, okay, sure. 
Facebook dating, it ain't it. Can you tell me what your dating profile looks like on whatever, I guess let's say Tinder because and Bumble if you're using both of them. I don't have a dating profile right now because um, after the last person that I dated and then all of the revelations that I came to about myself so rapidly in the last couple of months, I pulled myself out of the dating pool and said, hold on, like, I need to figure some things out (laughs) first before I go putting my demon energy back out into the world. You don't need this right now, world. I try to make my, hmm, okay, how do I explain this? I feel really uncomfortable when people pursue me because I think that if you are pursuing me, you don't know who I really am as a person. And Mm -hmm. I think that I have enough weird quirks and, um, traits that really would just kind of drive the average person crazy. So an example Mm -hmm. of this is like we talked about with my kids, when I meet a potential partner and we're dating and they're asking me about kids, I always come out with, okay, great. I'm glad that you're asking me about my kids, but I really am not looking for a father figure for them. I'm not shopping for that. So let's not talk about my kids. The other thing is, is I don't ever see myself being in a position where I want to share a living space with someone again, period. Oh. Yeah. And it was strange. Why is that? Because when I moved out, I was like, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone. And now I'm like, I'm alone. This is my place. This is, I'm doing what I want to. I'm not having fights about the petty shit like you didn't empty the dishwasher you didn't fold the towels right you didn't buy the right toothpaste why are you on this weird diet it's really screwing up my need to just eat red meat or whatever people fight about and it's taking out this element of mundane trivial things to kind of hold resentments about that's kind of making me feel a lot more peaceful as a person I really, really enjoy having my own space. I don't have to share a closet. I don't have to worry about, did someone wash my work blazer in the laundry accidentally and ruin it? There's none of that. When you take away that layer of stress, holy crap, like life becomes a really beautiful thing. And I've always found that living in, in, with someone in a relationship is kind of this weird dance of like, Are they doing a thing? Am I doing a thing? Are they not doing a thing? Am I not doing a thing? And also not being around someone all of the time kind of makes you want them a little bit more. I think it keeps things a little bit spicier. Um, And that's an element of dating that I really like is like, oh, like I haven't seen you. I don't sleep next to you with your CPAP machine and I'm not drooling all over your pillows at night. So when I see you, like, this is hot. I want you. I want to be around you. And, you know, not being around someone next to, and, and like, listening to them chew too loudly and being like, what, why are they chewing so loudly? What's wrong with them? That sort of thing. It's really, really nice. So I just, I, I feel like I would be in that demographic of people that will have a separate living arrangements in a relationship. Unless I find, like, someone who's just, like, perfect in all ways, or I'm in a space where I feel like I can compromise and say, 
okay, well, he doesn't empty the dishwasher, but he does all of these amazing things, so I can overlook that, and that's fine. If I know that I can be completely at peace with this one thing that they don't do, I'll move in with them. But I also like having a space because it's my identity. It's not, why did you bring home this weird chair that your mom dumpster dove for us and thought that we would love it and it's covered in fleas and like rat feces, but you love your mom and you're a people pleaser, so we now have to have this piece of shit in our living room for the next... (laughs) Totally not speaking from personal experience, but I might be speaking from personal experience here. Like, I don't want to have that kind of stuff in my relationship, in my space. Because the the place where you call home, the place where you rest your head at the end of the night, it should be like a place that's perfect for you. It should just like set you up for success. When you were just talking about looking for people who have gone through similar experiences or have similar interests or who can support you and be there for you. Is that also how you view dating or is it different and why? I don't know right now because I'm still like fresh out the womb of this of this awakening discovery of myself where I'm like, wait a minute. Like the last time you were on the dating market then, was that how you were approaching dating as well? Last time I was on the dating market, it was more like I have been in a long term relationship where none of my needs were being met at all. And it was almost to the point where it was like, I am begging for a scrap of like, just human decency at this point. Not to say that I was in a relationship that was like overtly abusive or anything like that. But he just didn't have the skill set of like, oh, before I leave the house, I'll say goodbye and tell him I hope they have a good day. No, he would just be like, Oh, I gotta go. Bye. And you're like, that's, that's weird to me. Like, Okay. So it just seemed like there was, there were just like little things that were off that were making it so that when I was like, Hey, why do you do this? It would come off as a personal attack on them. And they would be like, well, you're always so critical of me. And I'm like, well, no, you're doing these weird little things that don't make sense. And I feel like I'm not asking for a lot here for you to just say goodbye to me before you leave. Like, this is a strange thing. So it was a very just strange, incompatible relationship. So I was just looking for, can I find someone that wants to, like, be adventurous and doesn't want to settle in one space and isn't, like, is it someone who wants to learn and is curious and wants to evolve and grow and do an experience? Because I am of the mindset that we, we only have one life. We cannot escape death. We have to make the most of it. And for some people, making the most of it really is like, I'm going to follow this one football team my entire life. And all I'm going to do is watch their, this football team. That's it. But I want to be of the mindset that experiences a lot of things. I want, I want to have all of the experiences and I'd like to do that with a partner. Um, So that's really what I was looking for when I was dating. What have you found the most enjoyable about dating in your 30s? Let's keep this to 30 plus. Um, I think the thing that I have found most enjoyable from dating in my 30s is probably this realization that you might feel individually as a person that you have something about you that is almost isolating in a way. Um, 
and and I don't mean like a bad quality or a shadow of your personality or anything like that. Just something that makes you feel different. And like you'll never meet someone who has that same thing or understands it or shares that. But in dating, I have found there's there's a lot of people that have a lot of the same things or the same likes or the same very specific things about them that I thought would make me incompatible in a relationship. One thing that I found from someone that I recently dated that I thought it was just mind-blowing to me that it was a unique thing was that he was really into fragrance, which sounds weird just to say like he's really into fragrance, but meeting someone who also has this as an interest and a hobby and like actively pursues it, for me, like he was the same way. And we shared this and I'm like, this is bonkers because I feel like this is like my hidden guilty pleasure. And if I'm in a relationship, I have to hide all of these little like, why does she have 5,000 boxes of perfume samples? Like what, why, what is she hoarding here? Like, what is she doing? He was the same way. And finding that I was like, this is a gem. This is so cool to find someone who has just like this really specific like. That's, you just got really excited and like, I could hear that in your voice and see that in your face. No, I was just going to say overall that experience and realizing, okay, I have this one really like niche thing that I love to do, finding someone else who who shared that, like you realize that you're less alone. I feel like dating can be very isolating in some aspects, especially if relationships don't work out or you date a lot of people and you're just not finding the one, but collectively we're all we're all kind of connected here. We all kind of have the same things that we we're into and experiencing and it's not as isolating as we think that it is. In a weird way, dating a lot and having it not work kind of makes me think like okay, but we're all connected as a humanity, as a society. So it's kind of like a weird like experience where it's that paradox of being isolated and yet connected all together in the same way. That was just my deep, profound thought. I'm not high or anything like that this early in the morning, so. (laughs) When you date someone, how long do you date them for? Well, the old me, so like as of two weeks ago, (laughs) me, I'm like reborn here as a newborn, I think would be committed to doing everything in my power to make a relationship work whether or not it was the right relationship, I would still try to put in the right elements to make the equation work. And yeah, I feel like that's probably the biggest mistake that I've made in the past is realizing this person is not right for me, but I would kind of like gamble, I guess, in a way on a future with them. Like, okay, if I do X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z over X, Y, and Z years, and they do X, Y, and Z over X, Y, and Z years, yeah, it'll work. So I'm like gambling on a future and also saying, well, I've already put X amount of time into this, therefore it's an investment, therefore I have to keep putting work into it in order for this to pan out. Whereas now I'm in a sense of like, oh, this is not working out. And this is probably not ever going to work out. I'm not going to waste my time on this because guess what? Time is the one commodity that is yours and yours alone. 
mm-hmm. and you can never get it back. You can't buy more time. You can't barter it. You can't trade. You cannot do anything to get your time back. Like this is it. Like I said earlier, we're all going to die. It's inevitable. Our time is limited. It's finite. You know, it's our own resource that we have. We can't produce more of it. So you have to use it. You have to use it wisely in a way that honors you. And for me, wasting my time in relationship, just spinning tires where it's not going going to go anywhere, um, just isn't it. And I'm no longer mm. I'm no longer of the like I have to be in a relationship mindset. That that's not the end goal anymore. It's more like, can I find someone who can tolerate me and wants to have sex and smell perfumes? You know, just let's just keep it simple. Can you tolerate me and I can tolerate you? Okay, this is a good thing we have going on here. It's not be in a relationship. That's not. Is this something that changed only recently, like a few weeks ago with the new you? Or was there a point when you realized I want more than just being in a relationship from people? Um, No, I think I've really kind of gotten into a space where um, I think that it's been kind of an underlying fear of mine not necessarily a fear but something that I've realized so I was in a relationship for a couple of years with a person who was diagnosed as a narcissistic psychopath Um, so actual diagnosis and he was very much so and every time and it was a long distance relationship and every time that he would start looking for a job here in Nebraska I would get really nervous and it wasn't because it wasn't because oh this person is a narcissistic psychopath of a human being like that in and of itself should just like make you nervous but it was the fact that I did not want to be in a relationship with this person in my space all of the time having a long distance relationship with this person actually probably prolonged our relationship um, a lot longer than it should have been other than the fact that I can't let go of things that I am perceiving as investments. Um, but I, I realized I don't, I don't want to be in a traditional relationship with someone. I don't want to wake up next to someone, the same person every day, unless they're, unless they're just like pure gold. Sure. But I want to be able to have this, a little bit of flexibility and like, not necessarily date other people, but not worry about like who I'm hanging out with or can I go hang out with my friends and have it not cause jealousy or anything like that. I just, Mm. I want to be with someone who is like, okay, you can be your own person. And I feel like having the, the end goal of being in a relationship, I think that that just kind of like, for me, paints this picture of like, we're living together we're doing everything together. There, there's so much togetherness that I feel like I'm not comfortable with at this point. Yeah. So it is a recent thing that I can identify and I can name and I can say specifically, this is something that I don't really want. But I think that the, the currents and the undertones have always been there. Can you tell me what you find the most frustrating about dating? I, I don't think that I have really found any one thing to be the most frustrating with just dating, if we're just looking at like first dates, I would I would say the most frustrating thing for me is probably gauging whether or not I have a connection with this person right off the bat. So that mm-hmm. takes a little bit of knowledge of yourself, a little bit of knowledge about this person that you don't really have, 
a lot of intuition, which if you're on a first date, it's like some people will want to drink on their first date. I don't because I want to keep my senses sharp because I'm constantly like, what are we doing here? Like, I want to be able to read the whole room without any of my senses dulled. Um, but if you're drinking, that kind of screws with your yeah. intuition. Um, and then also saying, okay, but am I putting in enough effort here to get to know them? Because maybe they're just uncomfortable on this first date. The most frustrating thing is knowing how much time, effort, and energy to put into someone or something or a situation, I think for me, because you don't know. And, you know, if you have a really bad first date, it might have just been something that happened at that point that, you know, they were not their best selves, you were not your best self, whatever happened. Or maybe you're at a restaurant and the building caught on fire, not the restaurant's best self. There there could be some sort of external force where you just never get to know that person. And then you might sit for the rest of your life like, oh, maybe that date with Doug wasn't so bad. Maybe he's the man of my dreams. And I just let him go because of yeah. whatever happened. It's really hard to say exactly and specifically when something is working, when something is not working, because there's so many factors involved in it. Can you tell me about the worst date you've ever been on? So that date was in 2019. And ironically enough, it was someone I met on Facebook dating. His name is Mike. And I refer to him and among my friends and everyone who knows about him as the hatfish, not catfish, the hatfish. And the reason why is that he wore a hat the entire date which sounds like, okay, not that big of a deal, but we were at a nicer bar in Lincoln, Nebraska, and he knew the venue because he was a photographer, a commercial photographer, and he had just done work for this business. So he knew that this was a nice and like presentable place, like kind of a place where you dress up a little bit, but he just rolled up wearing a baseball cap and wore that through the entire date. And I'm like, this guy, like either has no understanding of social norms, doesn't know how to read places, or really he's hiding something. And then the whole time that he was talking, he was doing like the whole accidental on purpose touching. Like he'd like lean over in the middle of a story where it didn't even make sense and like put his hand on my leg. And I'm like, what? What? why like this isn't like maybe it would work for some people like maybe yeah. that's a slick thing to do but have some boundaries and some respect so basically what I learned from this guy is he had no boundaries and no respect for anyone outside of himself between the hat and not knowing the room and not really being able to read me as a person and somewhere in the date he was like you know women say I'm an amazing kisser and I think that I think that for more seasoned dating professionals, anyone who brags about equality is not it. They're not. There's just, and I was like, oh, okay. And so at this point, I'm like, this is going nowhere. I'm going to ghost him as soon as I'm out of this situation. Like, I'm just going to finish this drink because it's my night off, but whatever. I was like, all right, well, I will kiss this guy. And sure enough, terrible. Worst kiss I've ever had in my entire life. And I just like, after we kiss, I'm like trying so hard not to just maniacally laugh at the whole situation. My life collapsing. And then this guy in his hat and his terrible kissing and like touching me. 
this is just so stupid. Like, this is, like, it was just, like, peak absurd for me. Um, and so I just got in my car and went home. But, yeah, that that was probably the worst date that I've ever had. It was just, it was comical. In the grand scheme of things, like, he wasn't a terrible person. You know, he didn't put me in danger or anything like that. But it was just, it was, it was so silly. Like, one, I had no business dating at that point in my life. Like, why? Yeah. And then just to have him be this caricature of a bad date, it it was like, okay, yes, this is ultimately a bad date. So. Do you usually kiss on the first date? Um, well, okay. So that's a good question. I think that if I am dating with the intent to get laid, yes. Like, I am goal-oriented. I have one specific thing in mind. And it is not to be introduced to your mom. So, yeah, I will probably kiss on the first date there and then be like, hey, you want to come back to my place? Um, But if I'm dating, like trying to get to know someone and seek a quality connection, maybe, maybe not. So it's it's hard to answer that. But I date for different reasons based on how I'm feeling. And it could be a different reason to go on a date that week. So Monday, I might be cruising really hard to get laid. And then on Tuesday, I'm like, oh, but I want to get married. Like, no, it won't be that extreme, but I'll have like a different goal in sight. So I I think I'm one of those people that has like various reasons for dating. So it's hard to answer with just one answer. And I ask, do you have any advice for fellow listeners with regards to dating? I I feel like an asshole trying to give advice to people who are dating because I feel like I've not necessarily done it wrong this whole time, but just in like, I had no idea what I was doing and I really didn't know objectively like what was going on internally for myself. And so I'm not sure that my experience with dating thus far, does it even count? I mean, yes, it counts. It was something. I had experiences. I learned a lot. And maybe by dating wrong, it forced me to learn who I was as a person. Um, But I feel like, okay, like, I, I have not been doing this in the correct manner and mechanism, having everything figured out for myself. So um, I don't, I don't think that I really have any advice. Yeah. I guess my advice would be don't, don't follow my advice. Cause it hasn't worked so far, I guess. Like, and here I am just like contradicting myself through this whole thing. So uh, don't do what I'm doing is my advice. Is there anything else you want to add Um, that maybe we touched on or didn't touch on and you think could be relevant. I, okay, you know what? I retract my whole thing, my whole spiel on advice. The minute that you see a red flag, it is a red flag. It is not, I think there is a red flag. I'm going to consult with this person to see what they think about this red flag. Maybe if I give it more time, this red flag won't present. The minute that something is off to you, trust your instinct is my advice. In my experience, anything that I have seen that has been a quirk every single time, and I have moments in every single relationship, whether it be a first date with Hatfish or a long-term relationship where there was a red flag, and I was like, nah, that's not, that's not a real thing. Like, you know, he's not holding a gun to my head or pushing me downstairs. Therefore that's not, but 
guaranteed every relationship that I have had where I have seen a red flag, that was the moment. And had I said, oh, I know this one, not good, I'm going to get away from it, probably would have saved me a lot of heartache. So that would be my advice. Dating Log is recorded and hosted by me, Wyndham Juno. It is produced by Harry Dark. Our artwork is in collaboration with Esme Humming Studio. You can follow us on Instagram at Dating Log Podcast. Our website is datinglogpodcast.com. And if you'd like to send us a message, you can slide into our Instagram DMs or send us an email at datinglogpodcast at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying the episode so far, leave a review and tell a friend. And if you ever thought you were indecisive, Monday, I might be cruising really hard to get laid. And then on Tuesday, I'm like, oh, but I want to get married. We'll be back in two weeks. Please don't ghost us.